Can you hear me okay, George? Now, let's have it, Steve. What about this monster story of yours? Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible. You realize your story's front page all over the country. We want to know what's being done about this monster. Well, here's your headline. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling POV. I am your host, Tony Diaz, along with the Iceman, Jojo. Welcome, all you wrestling fans. That's right, Joey, two times. And the third wheel, Rick Serrano third. Hey, people. And also our intern, Miguel Cole. How's he feeling today? I, I, Mr. Tony, thank you for asking. I'm feeling so much better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all right, so we got plenty to talk to talk about today. Of course, we got the exotic Adrian Street on the show today. Uh, before we go into that, let's go into news. Take it away, Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start with some birthdays this week. Kevin Owens turns 32 years old. Wow, young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks a lot older. He, he did, older. yeah. <laughs> and speaking of a lot older, Arriba, <laughs> Tito Santana turns 63 years old. Wow, awesome. He's, he still looks good. He looks he, good. He does. He does. Speaking of old looking William Regal turns 48 years old how is that possible Wait, he, he turned what 48 48 how is that possible yeah he's been around a long time yeah. yeah how did wow I you know what I didn't know didn't know he looks he looks 63 <laughs> he does too <laughs> oh my goodness holy cow 48 Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I never would have known. <laughs> Serious. And our last birthday of the week, the master of the shooting star press, Billy Kidman, turns 42. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, that's been a Billy Kidman. Yeah. Holy cow. All right, awesome. jumping into the news. Miguel, you listening to this one? Okay, Mr. Rick, what is it now? <laughs> well, Ryback Merchandise. Move to the sale items on the WWE shop. So this is not a good sign for Ryback. No. Oh, uh, Miguel, come back with my credit card. Mr. Rick, do that <laughs> Oh, boy. Jeez. I'm about to get a bill from WWE shop. <laughs> All right, in more news, AJ Styles has been pulled from WWE live events this weekend. Hmm. WWE is finally being cautious with their talent. Right before they have a main event pay-per-view. You don't think that's too cautious? The way things have been going this year, (laughs) they have to be. True, true. I mean, it's and and also he's been nagging. He has a couple of nagging injuries, so the rest does does him some justice. Does well for him. Right. Well, speaking of justice, WWE indefinitely suspends Adam Rose as he was arrested and booked on alleged charges of tampering with a witness, which is a felony. And battery, domestic violence, a misdemeanor. Wow. Uh, WWE has zero tolerance uh, for domestic abuse. It turns out that Rose and his wife got in an argument about the state of their marriage when he grabbed her by the face and pulled mm. her close to his face, screaming at her. She then grabbed her phone to call the cops, but he took the phone away, and that's where the tampering charges come in. The mm. judge was going to apply uh, a restraining order, but his wife 
begged not to have this happen as they have a special needs child. Yep. Um, Rose ended up paying a thousand dollar fine and was ordered to meet with his pastor once a week. Uh, his next court date is scheduled for June. Wow. Now, I mean, we're all married. We all have our loved ones in our lives. Um, Joe, you have a fiance, and we all have this relationship in which it's just that's that's something you just don't do. No matter yeah. how angry you get, no matter what happens, walk away, yep. take a walk, do a couple of breathing, do some Dude. yoga, something. Yeah. Man. That's just that's just a no no, man. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's I've always grew up like that, and and then. It's unfortunate, you know, because I, I, I like Adam Rose. You know? boy won't be seeing him for a long no, time. No, no. I mean, he's going to have to do a lot of stuff to, uh, yeah. you know you know what I'm saying? It's just, man, uh, so sad, so sad. Yeah. Well, that's all the news I have for this week. All right, so now on the rumors. I got some good ones here. All right, so, I mean, you know how Vince is always high up on these big guys, you yeah. know? Well, he's always like that, yeah. He's got a new target. Big Cass. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he wants to give Big Cass probably one of the biggest pushes, probably better than Roman Reigns, uh, later on in his career, though. I mean, they, you know, they still want to see where it goes with him and Enzo, and uh, they possibly might want to change his name. Try to guess to what? I don't know. I heard something about uh, – I forgot what I read, but, yeah, I heard that, too. Yeah, th- he – because they want to take the big out instead of calling him Big Cass because there there's already a Big E. Uh, they want to change it to either Colin Cass or yeah. Colin Cassidy. That's right. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, you can tell he's still new to the game and this and that. I like Big Cass because oh, that love, fits him. I love him. Um, awesome. You know, it's okay to have more than one person with a name that yeah. starts with Big. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, you got the Big Show, you got Big E, and you got Big Cass. That's okay. You know, actually, to see them three as a, as a little stable, you know? <laughs> the Big Three, they can the call them. The Big Three, there right? you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now, um, but that's it for him. I mean, good. I hope so. I really like him. I think, to me, he looks like Edge, you know? Yeah, yeah. He has a similarity to Edge, so we'll see. All right, now, uh, another rumor floating around is that Seth Rollins may get a huge push as a baby face when he returns. I mean, big-time baby face. I'll take uh, it. Yeah, I would too, but uh, nothing's set in stone. So, it's like I said, it's just a rumor, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I would, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. It. I think he'll get a, a good pop. Oh, I mean, oh, he, he did when they uh, when they had the Slammies. Yeah. And remember when he came out with a pop he yeah. had? Oh Jesus! I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. All right, cool, 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 <laughs> cool, cool. All right, so now uh, this <laughs> this came out today. The rumors are running rampant on social media that Paige and Alberto Del Rio. You heard what I said, right? Yeah. Alberto yeah. Del Rio are now a couple. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened to her? Fi- uh, she has some fiancé and Total Divas there. Yeah, but you got to think that's from last year, I'm yeah. assuming. You know, this is, I mean. Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio. Oh. It has been confirmed, though, as of today. It has been confirmed by fans um, I, I guess in the past few days, they've been spotted together at uh, Magic Kingdom in Florida. And uh, they were seen holding hands while Del Rio was pushing his uh, child in the stroller. I didn't even know he had a child, but yeah, either, either way, you know. I thought he was married. Me too. I, I thought that was, yeah, I, I never knew anything about his relationship, to be honest yeah. with you. So, I mean, this was a real shocker to me, you know. And then, uh, so now to even put it more into... Uh, uh, confirmation is that there was a photo of them two kissing. Ooh, well, that kind of sounds yeah. real right there. And actually, we will put it up on the Facebook page so everybody can see. Nice. 
this this gotta be a work, man. This gotta be for Total Divas or something. You think so? It's so odd. He's 38 and she's 23. Yeah, but come on. Now look at Alicia Fox. Look at how old her man was. He was 56 and she was 28. There's a big difference there, too. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, between with Paige and Del Rio's only 38, right? Yeah. And Paige is what, 23? But even still, though, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, pay, uh, not Paige, uh, Alicia Fox and, and her man, you know, it was uh, the. Who's well, she with? Who, Alicia Fox? Yeah. I don't know. Some some older dude. He oh, lied. Yeah. It was on Total Leave. He lied about his age or something like that. Oh, really? I yeah. missed that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss much, trust me. <laughs> all right, so that's all I got for rumors. Uh, Joe, take it away. Well, there's nothing really new on the injury report. I mean, Pretty much the same people as uh, last week. Last uh, week, we're just hoping for the best, these guys, and uh, hopefully we'll see them soon in the ring. Yeah, I hope so too. Because uh, actually, another rumor I heard too was the fact that uh, mm-hmm. it was going to be Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Wyatt, Wyatt, and who's the fourth? Well, Cena. John, John Cena. I'll be <laughs> back in thirty days. They're so, supposed yeah. to all come back soon. Uh, I guess at uh, the same time Rollins or something. Back that early. Yeah, you know, yeah. I thought he'd be out for a couple more months, but. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So if anybody out there has any uh, comments on what we reported today, you can happily join us on our Facebook page at Wrestling POV Podcast or submit them on Twitter at Wrestling POV. We're also on Instagram at Wrestling POV 1. Uh, check us out on iTunes, and uh, we will post links this time. And just don't forget to hit the rating button, and also don't forget to subscribe. Um we also, uh, yeah, and YouTube. And, uh, YouTube. I couldn't even say it right. Give us a thumbs up. <laughs> and give us a thumbs up there. So, all right, now I've just been informed that we got Adrian Street on the line. Uh, we're going to go to commercial, and then we'll, ha- we'll be right back with Adrian Street. Can't wait. Yes. Calvary Contracting is a locally owned family business that takes pride in working on a higher standard, specializing in kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Check us out before you plan your next home or office project. For more information about our services, log on to CalvaryService.com. You can also like us on Facebook at Calvary Contracting. Give us a call at 518-669-6583. That's 518-669-6583. How can we serve you? And we're back. Today, we have a very special guest, a wrestling legend who started his career back in 1957 by the name of Kid Tarzan Jonathan. He later took on the persona of of a flamboyant, androgynous character in the 1970s and 80s, alongside with his manager and valet, Miss Linda, and took wrestling by storm. Everyone, please welcome the exotic one, Adrian Street. Welcome to the show, sir. It's great to be on. Thank you very much. All right, now, before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show. It's a real honor. Well, thank you for asking me. All right. Now, let's go back to August 8th, 1957, your first wrestling match. Tell us what was on your mind that day. Were you nervous? I mean, were you excited? or? I've never been more, I've never been more excited in my life because this is something I dreamed of from the time I was about 11 or 12. Oh, wow. I've been a professional wrestler, and I've been told all, 
ever since I took my state wrestling, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Um, mm. I was told I wasn't big enough to be a professional wrestler. You can't do it, and all that kind of stuff. And I was determined. I was determined to uh, to actually uh, uh, accomplish my dream of being a professional wrestler. And the first time that I was actually on my way to the ring, I, I couldn't feel my feet touching the ground. I was that excited. <laughs> Now, but you were a big guy, though. I mean, even at age 16, or 15, actually. I saw a picture of you at age 15. You were really big and muscular. So you were working out at a very early age, right? Um, I started lifting weights when I was about 11 or 12. My older brother, I've got a brother six years older than myself, uh, Terran, and he went to um, a bodybuilding competition that was um, in uh, Cardiff, a town about 30 miles away from where I was born. Reg, Reg Parks was um, Reg, Reg Parks was the guest uh, poser there, and my brother bought back magazines and uh, programs and things like that from it with these things on. As soon as I actually saw a picture of Reg Parks and uh, the other bodybuilders, um, I wanted to be like that. So, I mean, I, I was just a kid then; I couldn't afford to buy barbells or dumbbells or anything like that. But um, my father had me digging rocks out of the uh, out of the uh, garden, which had moved into a, into uh, um, a new home. Wow. And, uh, the garden was full of clay and rocks and all this that sort of stuff. My father had me digging it all out. But anyway, I made I made myself the first barbell I had was from an iron railing. Wow! And I fastened um, I fastened a bucket to each end and filled it up with rocks. That that was my first barbell when I was about eleven. Wow. Adrian, out of all your matches, you've had about 15,000 matches in your career. You have many opponents. Who would you say was your greatest rival in the ring? Best technical wrestler that I've ever seen, heard of, or met in my life was a lightweight champion of the world. His name was George Kidd. He was from Dundee in Scotland. Wow. And um, he, he, he was an absolutely fantastic technical wrestler and uh, when we met first we actually hated each other's guts um, <laughs> uh, I mean the reason I hated him well the reason I hated him is that uh, you overheard me talking about him and got the wrong end of the stick actually I was complimenting him but oh. I got to the part of the story I got to the part of the story where he was actually appearing at, at an arena full of fans that didn't appreciate really the really fantastic um, wrestler that he was. And I got to the part where these ignorant savages were actually booing him. And he turned around, walked across the ring, put his opponent's arm up, said, okay, you're the winner, and he walked out of the ring. He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't wrestle in front of uh, people that didn't appreciate his uh, skill. And I got to that part of the story when, and he sort of overheard it and he thought that I was making fun of him when I said that the uh, crowd would boo him. <laughs> wow. And um, for years, if, if, uh, um, for, for, for years, if, if, he, if he came down south, if he lived up north in Scotland, if he came down south, he told promoters down there, don't book Kit Tarzan Jonathan oh. um, on the same shows as me. So it's like, if you book him... <laughs> I won't wrestle. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and that was it. I lost an awful lot of work in the early days when I really needed that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So naturally I hated him. And I didn't know why. I didn't know that he'd sort of overheard that sort of thing. And if, if, only, he'd sort of, if, if only he'd overheard me like a few minutes late, 
a few minutes earlier, he would have heard me sort of paying him the biggest compliments that anybody could pay any, pay anybody. But anyway, right. um, what actually happened one night, this is years and years later, we're on the same card. Um, I mean, he had a lot of power in the business and everything like that. But when I started wrestling for the big time promotions, he didn't have the same kind of say and everything like that who was supposed to be on the, on the card and who wasn't. And I was wrestling up in Scotland for George Rell Wisco. He was part of John Promotions. Mm-hmm. They were running 4,500 shows a year in Britain at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was wrestling. I was wrestling on average 40 times in one month. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. 40 times in one month I was wrestling in our day. Jeez. I'd be wrestling somewhere in the afternoon and I'd have to rush from that show to another show. And sometimes I'd have tournaments and I might be wrestling three or four times um, in one night in the same arena. But, wow. you know, that's the way it was in those days. But anyway, we were both on the same card wrestling for uh, George Rell Wisco. And um, there was only two lightweight shows. There, there were only two lightweight contests um, on that particular show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was me again against the champion uh, uh, Ouija Me McKenzie and mm. George Kidd was wrestling against the, um, the, the uh, I think he was a Belgian champion, Belgian or Dutch, I can't remember now, uh, Frank Daunt and anyway he didn't, he didn't want, uh, George Kidd didn't want to wrestle with uh, Frank Daunt, I mean he had a special way of doing things and everything like that and uh, he didn't know this guy or anything like that and mm. He, he just wasn't willing to uh, to wrestle him, so he he, he, he called uh, George Rell Wisco. He said, "George, he said you're gonna have to order the uh, card around." He said because he said I'm not wrestling with that guy. Oh, wow. And and obviously, I mean, they couldn't put him on. They couldn't put him on with uh, the Scottish champion because they were both Scottish, <laughs> and George Kidd would have got no glory. I mean, being a world champion, he would have got no glory. Mm-hmm. Out of beating up, um, out of beating up, uh, Ouija and McKenzie. Mm-hmm. So George Rell Whisker said to him, George, he said, he said, he said, all the other guys are, are like big heavyweights. He said, you can't possibly wrestle one of them. I mean, they're all, they were like 300 pounders. <laughs> wow. He said, um, you can't wrestle with Jimmy McKenzie. He said, the only other one is Adrian Street. Oh, I'm not wrestling with him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I enjoyed it. I, I purposely picked up my bag and I walked as far away from him as I could, right across the other side of the dressing room. And I'm watching his face, and bearing in mind how I really didn't like this guy. And the expressions on his face, I mean, he was in a dilemma. He was either going to have to wrestle with this um, this uh, Belgian or Dutch guy that uh, didn't, didn't sort of know. I mean, he, he would have... He spoiled most of uh, what George Kidd did in the ring and everything like that because he was over wanted to make a big name for himself. Everybody that came to Britain wanted to make a big name for themselves in those days. Anyway, like I said, I purposely went right across the other side of the restroom and made George Kidd come to me. Oh, wow. And he came over and he looked at me and says, well, he said, it looks like you and I are going to be wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it looks like, I said, looks like he's done that. I bear in mind now this guy's hated my guts for about eight years. Wow. So anyway, um, he said, well, he said, this is going to be a dubious pleasure. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, yeah, George, for the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we went in the ring, and I mean, the people didn't like me anyway because I was already doing like a flamboyant sort of uh, image. Mm-hmm. I was wearing. Uh, I was wearing 
sort of metallic uh, capes in like a Union Jack uh, design up in Scotland. And I mean, that was like waving a, a red flag at a bull because yeah. you know the nationalists up there really didn't like the uh, didn't like the Union Jack and they didn't like the British, uh, you know, the English <laughs> colours and everything like that. Right. We had a match, and I—I I mean, this, this, like I say, I mean, it, at, at that particular time in my career, this guy had forgotten more about technical wrestling than I ever dreamed of. I mean, I appreciated it, and I knew what he was kind of doing to an extent, but I mean, I couldn't emulate what he was doing in those days. Right. But um, I went in there, and I tell you what, as far as like the roughhouse, I might, might not have been a wrestler. He was. Um, that uh, George Kidd was, but I can fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, I can fight. I've always been a fighter. I'm not talking about boxing. I'm not talking about wrestling. I'm talking about fighting. Right. I've never met anybody I couldn't beat in the fight. <laughs> anyway, because um, I've always said, doesn't matter how you win as long as you cheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snake Pit, uh, 
Billy Riley at a gym in a grimy little mining town in Lancashire called Wigan. The Snake Pit was the mecca of straight professional wrestling. Really? Back in those days. Um, he actually went there. He lived with Billy Riley for, for a long time. George Kidd was absolutely obsessed with being the best technical wrestler he could possibly be, and he got to be the best technical wrestler in the world. Right. Like I say, I've had 15,000 contests. I was wrestling professionally for 57 years. Wow. And even before I was a wrestler, back from, uh, I mean, back in the very, very early 50s, like 50, 52, 53, I was interested in wrestling. And I did understand to, to an extent where I was looking at. And like I said, I've never seen anybody in my life that came close to touching George Kidd. Wow. Wow. Now, talking about, uh, talking about where I learned to wrestle and how I got to be as good a wrestler as I was, I never ever went to the snake pit. A lot of people accused me of going there and I mean, I could show off and lie and say, oh, yeah, like I went, I'd never even seen Flex. <laughs> but the business was full of wrestlers from Wigan. And really? like I say, I was wrestling about 40 times a week and you could bet your life that a half a dozen of those in one week, at least, if I was lucky, would be from Wigan. Wow. You know, so it was, if I only wrestled with six in a week, they'd be, now, if you couldn't take it, they wouldn't give it to you. You had to learn you had to learn to be one hell of a shooter, or they would leave you. They would leave you in a in a, in a heap in the middle of the ring. Right. I'll give you an example of how good they were. There was a wrestler from Belgium named uh, Carol Istas. Okay. Okay. Carol Istas was 15 times Greco-Roman champion of uh, Belgium, 15 times catch is catch can champion of Belgium. Wow. He represented Belgium, I think, in 1952 in the Olympic Games. But apart from that, he was what they call a Dockland champion. He used to go down on the docks and fight down there. I mean, if you see Charles Bronson in hard times, yep. that's the kind of fighting that they did. Anything <laughs> went. You could gouge, you could kick, you could wow. bite, you could do anything that you wanted to do, you could do. And he was a Dublin champion. Wow. So, I mean, that guy was tough. Anyway, he came over to Britain to wrestle, and the mm. first thing he said was, where's Billy Riley's gym? He intended going there and showing Billy Riley and Billy Riley's wrestlers what wrestling was all about. Anyway, he went there and got his ass kicked. There wasn't anybody, <laughs> there, wasn't Billy, there wasn't anybody in Billy Riley's gym that couldn't beat him. Wow. <laughs> Everybody. Bear in mind now, that's where people like um, Billy Robinson came from. Right. Right. Wow. That, so that... he went there, got his ass kicked, and he said himself that he threw everything he thought he knew about professional wrestling out the window, <laughs> and he trained personally under Billy Riley for eight years. Wow. He went from Britain to Canada mm -hmm. and then into the States and changed his name from Carol Istos to Carl Dodge. Oh, wow. Wow. Hey, uh, Adrian, you, 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 get, you get my drift. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Gotch, one of the biggest, one of, one of, the, one of the best shooters yeah. that's ever been in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Adrian, Joe, I just got a question for you. Yeah, uh, you mentioned George Kidd as being one of the best technical wrestlers, um, but I also read in one of these bios uh, on you that, you know, Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith and the uh, Macho Man were also some of your toughest component opponents. Um, is that still true today? Well, I'll tell you, Bret Hart 
is a good wrestler. Randy Savage was tough, but he wasn't a wrestler. Really? Uh, no. I watched well, that match with you. You I beat the crap out of him. You see contests. You see, you see contests that I had with Randy Savage, and you'll see me running away from him and hiding behind Linda, even putting Linda in harm's way. Yeah. The reason I did that is because if I'd gone in the ring and actually wrestled him, I would have buried him and shot him out because <laughs> he was a non-wrestler. Wow. He was a tough guy, and I tell you why, if he got into a scrape, he'd give, he'd give most people a bloody good hiding. But him, like a lot of other uh, wrestlers about at that time, were not, they weren't wrestlers. They didn't really? know, you know, they didn't, I, I could have gone in the ring and beaten him as far as wrestling was concerned. Wouldn't have taken me two minutes to bury him. <laughs> well, the, I tell you, the match that I saw that you had with Randy Savage, you pretty much beat him to a pulp. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, what I did first of all to build up the interest was to make everybody in the arena think that I was terrified of him. Huh? I'd run away from him, I'd hide behind Linda, I'd do anything like not to come to grips with him until I was forced to, and then when I was forced to, and he sort of got a few cracks in and everything like that, then... <laughs> It was only then I sort of shocked the people by turning them inside out. And I did that with a lot of people. I mean, there was lots of people that the people really like. I mean, there's, a, the, the, there's like um, there's Hulk Hogan and uh, various people like that. Jimmy Valiant, I love Jimmy Valiant. He was a great asset to the business. Yeah, he was. But just like Hulk Hogan, if I mean, if those guys were hung for being wrestlers, they would have died innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, was there any wrestler that you wish you could have wrestled um, when you were wrestling? There was a wrestler called another another guy from Wigan called himself Jack Dempsey. I know <laughs> like Jack Dempsey was an American boxer, but the boxer uh, there, this this guy's real name was Tommy Moore, but he called himself Jack Dempsey. Oh, okay. He was a, he was a British worldweight champion, and he was. In my estimation, the best wrestler I never wrestled. Wow! Wow! Yeah. And where was also, he from? Also, also, I would have liked to wrestle with uh, Ric Flair, but he didn't want to do it. And I, if I'd been Ric Flair, I wouldn't have wanted to either. <laughs> <laughs> Why now, didn't he want to wrestle you? Well, one night I was wrestling against uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Another and great one. I was great friends with the uh, Road Warriors and Paul Ellering. Yes. And. That night I was wrestling with Wahoo McDaniel and they getting on to me and they're saying like, oh, you know, they, they were saying in front of uh, Wahoo McDaniel, oh, he says, um, they said like, oh, you know, don't forget to give uh, Wahoo a big kiss. Oh, and Wahoo oh. said, you come near me, he said, with a kiss, he said, <laughs> he said, you even think about it, he said, and, uh, you know, it's going to be all. <laughs> anyway, I'm in, a, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the ring wrestling away and everything like that and all of a sudden I got side of uh, the road warriors and Paul Ellering standing on the uh, standing on the ring apron and they and they sort of signal to me go on go on and they sort of packing their lips and everything like that go on go on go on <laughs> anyway Wahoo grabbed me in a bear hug and I just couldn't resist it I let us I, I grabbed all of him by his head <laughs> oh, oh. and we this and I tell you what talk about doing a war dance <laughs> oh boy he let loose and hit me with a chop. I mean, I tell you why, he must have bruised my backbone. Oh, man. <laughs> That's some chop. Well, you know, the slightest hit the pain, the slightest hit the pain, all oh, my bloody hacking goes to talk. I tell you what. <laughs> I grabbed hold of him and give him, and give him a, 
give him a five or ten minute wrestling hold. <laughs> and he said it best actually when he came back out of the dressing room, the road warriors are laughing about it. They said, oh, oh that was great. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, you bastards. Like, he said, you're the one who put him up to it. He said, like, he said, I said, I, he said, I chopped him. He said, as hard as I could bloody do it. He said, but he said, damn me, that little limey bastard turned me into a pretzel. He said, it's the first time. He said, that's the first time I've had a view of my own arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, anyway, they, they were kind of complimenting me on my wrestling. And we were all laughing like so Ric Flair came over. And one of the road warriors said, damn, he said, like, he said, he said, how the hell do you let Adrian? And I think it was Paul Ettering said, he said, I tell you what, he said, I'd pay a match. He said, he, he said, he said, I'd buy a ticket. Mm. He said, to see you wrestling with, uh, with uh, Ric Flair. And Rick was saying, yeah, yeah, it'd be a good match, it'd be a good match and everything. But there was something that he used to do at that particular time, and I thought to myself, well, I'd like to put him in the picture now, just to let him know that I'm, if we did have that contest, that it wouldn't, you know, that I, w I wouldn't take kindly to something that he used to do. At that particular time, he would wrestle away with somebody, then all of a sudden he'd go like, woo, now I'm taking to school. And, I mean, he would wrap the guy up that he was wrestling with, and I would like to that would be the, like the beginning of the end. So my response to that, when Ric Flair said, yeah, he said, we'd have a hell of a match. I said, we'd have a hell of a match. I said, until you come to that bit where he went, woo, now I'm going to school. I said, I'll take you to college, mate. Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> that's um, awesome. <laughs> he had a lot of pull. He had a lot of pull with um, with the promotion we were wrestling for. I mean, he was, he was like... Um, Oh, what was the promoter's name? He was like Jim Jim Crockett's um, mm -hmm. son. I mean, he was like adored by uh, by the promoter. So I mean, he wrestled whoever he, re he wanted to wrestle and didn't wrestle with whoever he didn't wrestle. So needless to say, I would have liked to have wrestled with him, and I would have showed him what college life was like. <laughs> but it was never to be. Nice. And like I say, I don't blame him. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen it. Now, my I got another question for you. In 1969, you met your wife now, Miss Linda. How did you guys meet, and how did uh, how did you convince her to be your valet or manager, so to speak? Well, that, that, that part of it was a long story, but how we met was I just bought my first house in London, and I was like wanted to decorate it myself and do it in my own way. And there was like a recess on one side of the fireplace that I built. I built like a 75 gallon um, aquarium into and mm -hmm. I've gone to uh, the Ideal Home Exhibition in Ells um, Court Road in London and they had all kinds of absolutely fantastic new ideas and what have you. And while I was walking around, there was there, there, there was uh, one exhibition that showed marine tropical fish. Uh -huh. Now I'd seen tropical fish before and I'd admired them and liked them and everything like that. But the only time that I'd ever seen marine tropical fish before was in aquariums, like aquariums in, uh, in, in zoos and, uh, you know, in zoological gardens and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen them where people, you know, where regular people could actually have them. And as, as luck would have it, the stall that was represented in the uh, exhibition was only a few miles away from where I lived. Yeah. So I went there to sort of check them all out, and who should actually serve me but Linda. <laughs> Linda has always been into uh, criticism and things like that. Um, you know, she 
she's worked a lot with horses, she adores horses. Mm. She teaches people to ride, in actual fact she taught uh, Michael Caine to mm. ride for his role in the uh, movie Zulu that actually made him into a star. Wow. And there's various, uh, I, I, could, I could tell you a whole sort of lineup of uh, British um, actors like Terence Stamp and James Villiers and people like that who she actually taught to ride way back in the time. But um, anyway, like I say, she was really into critters and she She's worked in a couple of different zoos, Crystal Palace Zoo and uh, Battersea Park Zoo. She's worked in, always worked with prints and things like that, but this particular time she was working in uh, this place with uh, these marine tropical fish. And uh, she used to serve me when I bought them. And I always said, that I think I think she sold me the uh, sick ones and they died. And I'd have to go back and get more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't read it that way and everything like that. And um, I tried to woo her for a long time. And for a long time, she had more sense. Than, I mean, we really got on well together. But as far as like going out with me is concerned, she wouldn't. But eventually she did. <laughs> and uh, we've been together ever since. Wow, going forty-seven years, yeah, right? But as, yeah, but as far, as far as wrestling was concerned, when I wrestled for joint promotions, when I wrestled for joint promotions, I mean they didn't uh, they, they didn't they didn't use uh, lady wrestlers or anything like that. Right. But I got to the stage where they weren't going to give me any more money per match. I was getting more and more money from them and everything like that, which I sort of used as a gauge to what I was actually worth in the business. But anyway, all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Wrestling Federation picked me up, and they told me that if I wrestled for them, they would give me half of what came in every night. Wow. That wasn't a wage. Whatever came in after expenses, you know, they had to pay for the posters, the newspaper, the newspapers and the, uh, the rent on the arena, and the wages of the other wrestlers. But they said, after that, the promotion and I would split split the uh, the the uh, the, the uh, profits fifty fifty. So all of a sudden, I was earning like anywhere between five and eight times more money than I was earning for the big time promotions. Wow! But the thing is, some of their main some of the main draws in those days were the lady wrestlers used to wrestle for uh, for the uh, British Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. And Linda said to me, she says, why don't you teach me to wrestle? She said, because if one night, if one of the girls don't turn up, she I can step in. Right. And in actual fact, that didn't make sense because the thing is, if one of the main draws were the ladies and people came to see them and one of the, guy, and one of the uh, ladies didn't turn up, what do you do? I mean, the best, best thing you could do actually was to Put, put one of the ladies on with uh, one of the smaller uh, male wrestlers. But the thing is, that isn't what the people paid for. But the thing is, I started teaching her to wrestle with that in mind. One night that actually happened, and she had her first professional wrestling match. And damn me, she was good. But then the thing is, obviously, she would be because I was teaching her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've always said the only thing that stopped me from being perfect is my modesty. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she turned out to be bloody good. And we turned her into a red Indian. She was Miss Blackfoot Sue in those days. Right. I designed I designed a buckskin um, uh, dress for her, like with all the fringes. Yep. Right here on there. And after we left Britain, I mean, just about every, I mean, Almost every other bloody lady wrestler over there tried to jump on the uh, the bandwagon, like the uh, Cherokee Princess and the Apache Queen, and wow. oh, I've, 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 
I've forgotten um, I've forgotten how many different Red Indian uh, women that they had over there after Linda left because she made such a huge impression um, on that uh, on that thing. Wow. But anyway, I mean, anybody that wants to know more about that, read my read read my fifth book, A Man to You, and you read all about uh, all the details about Linda and I met, how we got together, okay, and um, how she became a professional wrestler. In okay. actual fact, I've finished my seventh book now on my autobiography. So you got you got not, not only um, not, not only uh, right up until the present time, mm-hmm. but um, Right from uh, well, right from the time I was born, and uh, like wartime Britain, my father was a prisoner of war with the Japanese. Wow! My hobbies in those days was collecting unexploded bombs um, that get stuck in the mud up in the um, up in the swamps, it was amongst the hills and everything like that. Picking up pieces of German airplane had been shot down the night before. Wow! And asking anybody with a uniform, when you go back, would you go and get my father? It's a prisoner of war with the Japanese. Anyway, when he finally came home, for whatever reason, my father didn't like me, and I didn't like him. We hated each other. What? Wow. He, he had me out of school working in a coal mine when I was 15. Hence the reason I ran away from home when I was 16 to become a professional wrestler. I didn't like working in a coal mine. It's dark down there, and I was made to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yes, you were. <laughs> Adrian, I'm glad you brought up your book. Um, so you did come out with a seventh book. It's called Merchant of Menace. Now, after writing six books, was it easier to write the seventh book? Um, no, it wasn't. There was like a lot of heartfelt stuff in that that I didn't know whether to include or whether not to include. I mean, for instance, back in 2001, I was diagnosed with throat cancer. Oh, wow. And the doctor told me, uh, Dr. Lurton, he's the one who diagnosed it when I went in to see it to get the results. He says, Mr. Street, I have some very bad news for you. He said, but I'm going to give it to you straight. You have a very malignant type of throat cancer. He said, you're not going to make it out of this. I suggest you go home and put your affairs in order. And I said, my response to him was, Mr. Lurton, I'm not going to die yet. I said, there's too many people in the world I haven't pissed off yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think that that, I think that that, that attitude actually is something that, um, that makes it, if you've got a positive out, out as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to live until I'm 100, even if he kills me. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, yeah. you still wrestled with that with the cancer, I, right? I did include that in the book, actually, because um, I think it will be inspirational to other people. And you know, who knows? I mean, if, if they can adopt that same attitude, it may make a difference between them dying and not dying. Yeah. Now, you wrestled with when you had cancer, didn't you? I did. Wow. Uh, Unbelievable. That, 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 is, that is the reason I don't have any hair now, actually. Right. Uh, I'll tell you what happened. I'm not bald, actually. I could grow my hair if I wanted to. Uh-huh. But when when I first started taking radiation and uh, chemo, my hair just fell out in clumps. So wow. I just got a razor up and, and took the rest off and what have you. But anyway, finally, when um, when I more or less kind of beat it and um, and I wasn't taking radiation and uh, and uh, chemo anymore, my hair grew back, but it came back all kind of coarse and coarse. Wavy, like almost curly, and oh, I've always had straight you hair. You had straight I hair, yeah. The way my hair was, 
and if I can't have things the way I want them, then I don't want them. That's, <laughs> why, I, that's why I took the razor out and got rid of it. There you uh, go. And you officially yeah. retired in 2000, uh, yeah, 2010, right? No, 2014. W- really? Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I had my first pro contest in London in, like, like you said, August the 8th, 1957. Yep. And I had my last contest June the 14th, 2014. Wow. Impressive. 50, 50, 57 years. <laughs> 57 years of professional. Wow. Uh, 15,000 professional contests. And I've been world champion. I've held five different belts in, in three different weight divisions. Really? You know, I, uh, I've been, I've been um, middleweight champion of the world, light heavyweight champion of the world, and heavyweight champion of the world. Wow. In, for, for various organizations. That's impressive. Adrian, um, I did read somewhere that, you, you know, your last match was in 2014. But do you still have that desire to wrestle in 2020? Um, no, I think I've had enough now. <laughs> you had enough of that, huh? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I mean, one reason is I don't admire the way wrestling is anymore. I mean, there are there are still this is, there's some great wrestlers out there, but unfortunately, the biggest promotion a lot, and that is, in my estimation, that's not even a wrestling promotion. That is what I call a reality program with no bloody reality. Wow, I you know what I agree with you, <laughs> I really do. You know, and I don't watch it anymore because I, the only reason I would watch it is the fact that Linda and I, our main business is manufacturing wrestling wear or wrestling or, or, gear. or clothes for like costumes for showbiz people. Um, Linda and I um, created all the costumes for Picky Picky Rock and all the other actors and whatever you're in uh, the wrestler. Yep. You did make Foley's too, right? The dude love character. Yeah, yeah, we made a, we made a lot of his uh, stuff. He's a very good friend of mine, mate. Nicest guy you ever wished to meet. I've never heard him say anything bad about anybody. Wow. He's a really nice, positive uh, person. I, I love him to death. Right. Also, I was involved with the costumes and everything like that in another movie that I was in, Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire. John, Everett yep. McGill, and uh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. I was involved with that uh, movie for about two and a half years before they ever started shooting. Wow. wow. With the makeup, with costumes, and uh, and all that kind of thing. But anyway, talking about movies, let's talk about John Run. I heard your interview with John uh, with uh, Joanne John Randall's. Randall. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I played. I, I heard that for the first time only yesterday. Oh, really? And yeah, um, excellent. So you, you uh, should tell you something. Both you guys. Are excellent, are excellent interviewers. Actually, you ask a question and you give the person room to actually answer. I've, 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 I've been on with so many people and done so many interviews with people that like the sound of their own voice that much. You've got to jump to get a word in edgeways. You That's know? true. Yep, absolutely. So now, now that we're talking about the movie, I mean, how do you feel about Joanne uh, doing the film based on your life? Um, I think it would be great. And my oldest son. Yep. <laughs> My oldest son is actually co-writing the script. Oh, nice. I was asked originally to co-write the script, and I said I'm too close to it. Right. Quite honestly, after you've written seven books, I'm happy to advise and tell people exactly how I felt or, like, the reason for 
the reason I did this or the reason that that was my attitude towards that. But mm -hmm. quite honestly, after writing seven books, I wouldn't know what was what should go in there and what shouldn't go in there. Obviously, right. I've written seven books that could make seven films. But if you got to, you know, if you got to, if you got to sort of, um, if you got to reduce all my stories to like one two-hour. Um, film script then like I said I wouldn't really know where to start what I'm what I'm sort of concerned about really is um, I wonder who's going to play me yeah, now that's a good to question. get the wrestling done because there's been so many wrestlers obviously as you know that have tried to say, jump on the bandwagon and do my uh, and, and sort of copy my persona yeah. uh, Goldust <laughs> he's one of them yeah Goldust that other fat idiot Adrian Adonis and Yep. Adrian Adonis, that's right. Yeah. All those things. Now, I'd say it's fairly easy to um, mimic my mannerisms. Yes. Anybody can do like pat their lips and kiss their opponent and sort of like drop a sort of lip wrist and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe dance and prance about a little bit. But I've yet to see anybody imitate my wrestling skills. That is true. Yeah, they, they do the character, but not, not your wrestling skills. I agree with that. Yeah. Nobody can come close, and the thing is, I learned the hard way from the best in the business. And yes. I've got to say, there are some great wrestlers in the States, but none of them could touch the best wrestlers in Britain. Whoa! <laughs> nice. I, hey, you know, I agree with that. That's a, I've seen, I think some of the better wrestlers actually do come from out of the States. And um, But just to get back on the movie, how great is it that someone who wasn't a wrestling fan in Joanne Randall's stumbles across your story and says, I have to make a movie about this guy. How great is that? Because I've had a very, very, very eventful life. Yes, that yes. I agree. Out, outside the ring as well as inside the ring. There's very few places I haven't been. There's very few things in my life that I wanted to do that I didn't do. And it's all through determination when I had all the cards stacked against me. And the thing is, I've never, ever... You know, there might be people that know more than we do. Right. Doesn't mean to say that they're right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I've I've proved that over and over and over and over again. Yes, you have. Um, the thing is, all the coal miners, my father included, you can't be a wrestler. Little guys like you, you know, guys like you, you can't be a wrestler. Those guys are huge. They're ripping half. They'll, they'll, they'll sort of mess you up, they'll break your back. You know, you'll, you'll come scuttling home and all the rest of it. And everybody, including my own father, said the same thing. My father said the last day I worked in a coal mine, he'll be back, he likes his mother's cooking too much, and all the other wrestlers, <laughs> yeah. Now, when I first started, when I first went to London, even the other wrestlers t told me, you'll never be a wrestler, you're too small. You're too small and you're too young. You're too small and you're too young. Wow. That's all they told me. Prove them wrong, I'll tell you that. You know, when I decided I was going to leave Britain and come to wrestle in the States, I was already 40 years of age. Oh, wow. I'd already had a 25-year wrestling career behind me. And all the other wrestlers said, you can't go, you're too small, you can't go wrestling in the States. America's a land of giants. Have you seen the size of those bloody Americans? You know, they're bloody six foot six seven foot tall and everything like that they all weigh 300 pounds 400 pounds everything <laughs> there. and they said to me you're too small and too old you're 40 you know hang up your hang up your uh, boots and like forget about it and quite honestly i've had a longer and more lucrative and more satisfying career in the states than i ever had in europe wow. 
And the funny thing is, I'm known in Europe now as Exotic Adrian Street. I never wrestled as Exotic Adrian Street until I first wrestled in the States. Oh, really? Yeah. When I wrestled in Mexico, they called me Exotico Adrian. <laughs> that was they the name? They didn't, they didn't use the name Street because they said it didn't mean anything. So I was the Exotico Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> and when I left Mexico and came into the States to wrestle for Mike LaBelle, he mm. brought me in because he heard I was doing fantastic business from down in Mexico. So it was Mike LaBelle that brought me in to wrestle for um, Hollywood Promotions. And when I came in, he called me Exotic Adrian Street. That was the first time I was ever called Exotic Adrian Street. Oh, wow. And by that time, I'd been wrestling for about 26 years. Unreal. That's I never knew that. I never knew that. Wow. But I was been Wow. Unbelievable. That is that is awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, now I tell you, you know, growing up watching you, you had, you know, like you know, because I wrestled a little bit here, and I know once you hit the curtain, there's a certain switch, and then you become that character. You had two switches. Exactly, exactly, you've got it. But you had two switches. It was like the minute you came out, you were the exotic one, Adrian Street. That was the one character. And then the minute you started wrestling, you became a different character because you beat the crap out of them. It was a whole different Adrian when you know when you would wrestle compared to when you would come out in the ring. Exactly. Um, what actually made my character work was mystery, for a start. Is he or isn't he? Yeah, right. And exactly. Causes as much controversy and as much contrast as mm-hmm. possible based yep. on mystery. Yeah. Is he or isn't he? Um, and everything I did was based on is he or isn't he and contrast. Right. I walked in and there was some there was some commentator in Texas that sort of said it best. Hell, he said, "You comes like the Adrian Street the ring." He said, "Damn." He said, when he walks to the ring, he looks like a French poodle. <laughs> when he gets in the ring and that bell and that bell goes, he turns from a French poodle into a pit bull. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what that's my point was. Right there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that is exactly it. You know, I mean, the thing is, is he or isn't he? Right. Mystery, mystery and contrast. That sort of be as effeminate and as pouty as possible. And, oh, you know, don't touch me. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> But then when it came to it, I turned him inside out, upside down, and do exactly what I wanted to do with him. And I've never met anybody. I'll tell you something now, talking about big wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. Every territory I've been in, I'd go in there, and there'd be some giant there that I'd be wrestling with that night. And they'd turn around and say to me, hey, you know, we're wrestling each other tonight. Hey, you know, how can a big guy like me lose to a little guy like you? <laughs> My response to that was, don't worry about it. As soon as we get in there, I'll bloody well show you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. (laughs) All right, Mr. Street, my final question. When the film is done, will you come back to the show? Oh, damn, yeah. Of course, (laughs) in actual fact, yeah, of course we will. We'll have a lot to talk about then. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, you said you're looking forward to seeing that that, uh, movie that John Randall is making? Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing it too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope a lot of my music will be in it 
because I've got two record albums. Uh, I've got two record albums out, and do you know they're reissuing them on vinyl? There's yes. A company in California called Burger Records. They're coming out pretty shortly. They're going to be putting them on YouTube as well, by the way. And nice. um, there's another company in Britain that's bringing uh, bringing uh, my music out on uh, vinyl uh, called Gods and Monsters. So look out for those too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I will. Yeah, because vinyl, they're bringing vinyl back. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mr. Street, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Say hi to Ms. Linda for us, and we will keep in touch about the film. Okay, great, man. Bye, Tony, and bye, Rick. All right. And bye-bye, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Bye. Calvary Contracting is locally owned family business that takes pride in working on a higher standard, specializing in kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Check us out before you plan your next home or office project. For more information about our services, log on to calvaryservice.com. You can also like us on Facebook at Calvary Contracting. Give us a call at 518-669-6583. That's 518-669-6583. How can we serve you? And we are back. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was such an awesome interview. Yeah. So good, man. What the, I mean, wow, the stories. I could have listened to them all day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could have listened absolutely. to them all day. My goodness, the Ric Flair what story. I mean? I'm telling oh, you. Oh, my God. Was that incredible or what? That was Holy awesome. Jesus. Amazing. <laughs> and, of course, a big compliment to us yes. for letting him talk. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, go ahead, Rick. But, you know... Like, this man has paved the way for a lot of Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and future Hall of Famers, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. Hell, Ric Flair is in the Hall of Fame twice. Twice, yeah. Give yeah. give Adrian Street one of your rings, <laughs> especially since he didn't want to fight Adrian Street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that and is... The guy has fought in over 15,000 matches, and he's not even on the network. No. What's going on there, man? I have to look on YouTube to find grainy videos, man. Like, yeah. come on, WWE, yeah. get on it, man. Real grainy, too, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm telling man, you. Man, he, des- he deserves better, man. Come yeah, on. he does. He really does. And I'm telling you that uh, we'll start a petition. Shoot. Yes. It's so like you said, Rick, 15,000 matches? Hello. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. Really? It's got to be. It's got to be done. It's got to be yeah. done, people. All right, let's go straight to Raw Notes. All right, I didn't have much on Raw. You know, there was only a few things I, I really focused on. And uh, one of them was, uh, you know, Big cast in the beginning. Was it in the beginning? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, after the rumors, what I had mentioned earlier, it looked like uh, they're, they are going to do a, give him a little push now, which is, I mean, because um, Enzo, he's not going to be gone long. Uh, I don't hope so. You know what I'm saying? Not. He should yeah. be back within the, like a week or two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's kind of weird how they're going to do a little push on him now. But you know what? The thing is, uh, a lot of people popped for him when he came out. Oh, huge pop. You huge. know, um, he interrupted the highlight reel. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, now it's going to be Big Cass versus uh, <laughs> Jericho in the main event. Now, did you notice that Big Cass lost his accident? <laughs> a little bit. A little uh, bit. I didn't and, like, know that. Yeah, it's like he lost it a little. But another thing you got to realize, too, is that he stopped shouting. You know, the one part for the SWAFT, he stopped shouting that. He just says it normal. He goes, and I only got two words for you. It's like, wait a minute. It sounded better when you were shouting it, man. Exactly. And I think I thought that was because of the board villains. But because that, like, a couple weeks ago, he did it in this proper way. But this got to be, like, Triple H or somebody getting in his ear, like, listen, you sound too much like Billy Gunn or something. 
Ooh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, could be. Could could be, but I don't. I don't see Triple H telling him that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, that yeah. has to, that has to come from Vince. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That has yeah. to come from Vince. But um, I I liked it that way. You know? It, yeah, it was, it was so much better. Yeah, and not yeah. only that, it was you know people were hyped up for it. <laughs> so yeah, that was your main event though. It was Big Cass versus Jericho. I I, thought, I was like, all right, you know what? I can uh, I can dig this. It's about time we have something yeah. different as a main event. Yeah. So um, one of the other things that caught my eye was the uh, Baron Corbin versus Ziggler match. To me, yeah. in my opinion, in my opinion only, you guys can agree with me or not, but this should have been the match at Payback. Oh, yeah, that was far more You know better. what I'm saying? It, it was far more better match. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like they could have switched it. I would have had it, him destroy him on Payback and then win by Schoolboy on Raw to build it. I, yeah, I agree with that. You I know what I'm saying? No, I mean, but that's why I, said, I mentioned about the whole, you know, damaging to Baron Corbin on, you know, uh, at payback, if he lost, I mean, this time he won, but you know, still, you know what I'm saying? I, it's just, I just thought this should have been the match to really make him more dominant. Yes. I think, yes. and I'm hoping that that's the end of it too. But I'm not sure if it is, to be honest. Oh no, extreme <laughs> I hope they rules move definitely. On, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Now, they are fighting in extreme rules. Most likely, I mean, they're tied up one to one right now, so uh, oh, Baron yeah, Corbin's probably right. going to destroy yeah. him again. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that caught my eye was the uh, Anderson and Gallows and the uh, AJ versus the Usos and Roman Reigns in an elimination tag match. Now, uh, I thought, you know, obviously now they're calling themselves the Club. <laughs> so stupid, man. You don't like it, huh? Well, I think no. that's because they can't take the Bullet Club. No, they can. No, I heard there was something about Japan owns no, the rights. No, they're, they're allowed to call them really? the Bullet Club. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I found that out because I'm like, all right, come on. The Bullet Club had, was so much catch yeah. here, and it was just so much, you know, had that ring to it, you know. Now it's just the club, and um, I'm trying real hard to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Well, they... golly, guys, you're the club. <laughs> that's, that's the same impression I'm getting, you know? Like, well, hey. the, the He-Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> yeah. Could be anything, you know? Yeah, but uh, I, I am. I really am trying so hard to try to get used to the name. And they mentioned it, if you notice, they mentioned it about six, seven times during the show to really embed it in people's heads. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to take some time to get used to. Um, I really wish that they'd just call him the Bullet Club and get it over with. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, now back to the match. I thought it was a good match. I really did. Oh, yeah. But now my thing is, do you guys especially – oh, because that was another rumor I forgot, that a lot of people in the back are really pissed off at the way Anderson and Gallows, the way they're going. Oh, I And not in a bad way, though. They're saying that they should be pushed really hard. Yep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, they're really dominant, and, and, and they're just kicking everybody's ass and all that other stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like, remember when the Shield first came out? Yes. 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 That's how they probably should be pushed. Right. You know? And, and yeah, they should. Yeah. They should. You know? I mean, so that's why I'm asking, you know, with this whole thing of uh, the elimination, you know, you saw them get pinned. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now is that going to be damaging towards them? What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it could be. I mean, I, I feel like. They got to do something different. They need to have some squash matches where they're out there destroying guys. Exactly. You know? and yes. it's like yeah. They're fighting the Usos three weeks in a row, including SmackDown. And yep. you're like, come on, man. Let's... Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Extreme Rules. You know yeah. they're going to you know they're gonna wrestle. That, that might be a TLC, that match. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
Um, what? I don't. You know what? I didn't even remember what happened. What happened in that match? So in that match, you had um, Roman Reigns. I think he won by uh, Roman won, right? Yeah. By DQ. Yeah, yeah, by DQ. That's right. That's right. All right, but like I said, it was a good match. I loved it. It was a good pace. Yeah, it you was. Know, but I, I just didn't like that we had an elimination during a commercial, especially yeah. AJ yes. Styles eliminating somebody. Like that should be that shown. Like I, we got to see that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You're right. But, uh, no, I really dug that match, man. It was good. It was. It was. It was. I mean, well, that's all the notes I got that really stuck to me on Raw. What do you guys got? For me, I saw um, Sin Cara versus Rusev. Are you oh, serious? <laughs> yeah. And um, lose and, to, and then a, lose a, to a Sin Cara. That was pathetic. And if you notice, the schoolboy took at least five seconds. Yes. It, because when he yeah. rolled him up, where was the ref? Right. He wasn't ready for side. it. He was on the other oh. side. And Rusev could get out of that. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he had all that time, and you mean to tell me that Rusev couldn't kick out of that? Oh, really? A schoolboy? You know what? I'm jumping on the schoolboy bandwagon with you, Rick. You know what? I'm gonna For next week's show, I'm going to have a number from WrestleMania to the following week, how many schoolboys we had. You know what? Because on this, on this role, we've had three. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I'm telling you, man, I'm getting a little bit sick and tired of it. Really am. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> five seconds, man, and you couldn't kick out? Seriously? Yeah. You're freaking ten times his size. <laughs> so, all right, what else you got, Rick? What else popped in your head? The, the finish, the, 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 the main event, the main event, quote, unquote. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really? I Big I up. didn't dig that. That was at all. disappointing. That was very disappointing. I mean, I think everybody wanted to see Big Cash, you know. Yeah, they you know, wanted just... to see that match. Yeah, they really did. And you know, I'm right with you, Rick. I mean, uh, I, oh man, I just so they, they ripped up a jacket. <laughs> they ripped up a jacket for a good ten $15, minutes. Fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, fifteen thousand. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, <laughs> for fifteen minutes, they did that too. Yes. I mean, seriously, they did a segment on ripping a jacket. I'm sorry. You know what? You could have. I would have been disappointed if I was there. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I would have been like, I want my money back. You told me it was going to be big cash and Jericho. You better give it to me. (laughs) It's just just bad. It wasn't a a really good Raw. It wasn't a really good Raw. We got what? One more Raw, right? Mm -hmm. Before the uh, next pay-per-view. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they'll... um, do something better for next week. What about yeah. you, JoJo? What stuck well, out for you? I liked the, the little skit they did with Stephanie and Jericho backstage. I thought that was pretty funny where she's, uh, you know, calling uh, uh, Jericho soft and, you know, uh, <laughs> and you will never. Yes. Ever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I did like that. I got a kick out it of it. It was okay. So, yeah. And Jericho yeah. had that look on his face like, uh, uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to brown it was at first, you know, there and. So mm-hmm. I did like Esky. That, that well, he stuck out on my mind. As <laughs> well, but I mean, that's like I said. That's all. I mean, you have more. That was it. <laughs> just about, we it was, it wasn't a good raw, man. And and I'm like a little disappointed. I really am. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know. Yeah, especially with Big Cas. You know, they just <sighs> give the fans what they want. I really wanted to see that match. I, yeah. You know, I mean, I was really. But did you re- go ahead, realize, guys, guys? The what? Did you guys realize? All the champs that lost, the New Day lost, yeah. Charlotte lost, the Miz lost to put Sami Zayn in. It was just mm-hmm. like, come on, man. And Sami Zayn, he even said it. They don't, he didn't deserve it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I do agree on that one too. I was like, come on, really? Mm-hmm. You know, Cesaro, yeah. You know, Owens, yeah, they've been there. They've been there, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then Sammy just threw his name in the hat. I think they just, you yeah. know, oh, we need one more. Yeah, you know? but th- I called it though, remember? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. But I have a great idea for uh, the Miz and his wife, Maurice. What's that? Get this a new name called Les Miz. <laughs> She's French. That's She's true. The Miz. It was a French movie, a French play. Come on, Lamez. <laughs> All right. It is now time for Rick's Around the Thirds Joke of the Week. Take it away. Welcome back to Rick Serrano's Wrestling Joke of the Week. Brought to you by The Merchant of Menace, the seventh book, self written and self edited by the exotic one, Adrian Street. Today's joke is. Why was the ultimate warrior fired from the pet shop? I have no idea. He couldn't sell pedigree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, what, what WrestleMania was that? Seven, eight, nine, something like that? I think that was seven. Yeah. Seven uh, or nine, uh, uh, ten out of seven. Ducking like, <laughs> all my favorite wrestler of all time, man. <laughs> or 12. It was bad. It was just a bad one. Whatever WrestleMania that one was, yeah. that was. That was popped right up from that. I remember that. Wow. Well, if you have a wrestling joke, send it into our Facebook page at Wrestling POV Podcast. Twitter at Wrestling POV or Instagram at Wrestling POV1 using the hashtag WPOV jokes. People, we're running low. Send them on in. Wrestling Joke of the Week is brought to you by The Merchant of Menace, the seven book written by Adrian Street. The book includes The Iron Sheik, Cactus Jack, The Honky Talk Man, Getting Married in Las Vegas, and more. Merchant of Menace is available for purchase on Amazon, Kindle, and Nook. Way to go with the segue. Way to go and, and having Adrian Street on the show. Of course, we got to plug his books. Of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we go there, Rick. Oh, yes, Mr. Tony, I'm right here. All right, do you got anything new for us? Oh, yes, yes. So this week, oh, I just bought a Ryback shirt, by the way. Also. <laughs> On Rick's credit card? Yes, thank you, Mr. Rick. Now, just You're one? not welcome. <laughs> just one? <laughs> I know, I'm surprised. You just bought one? <laughs> oh, oh, did I say one? I meant 100. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, oh, boy. So. Anyway, this Sunday, we're going to have a SmackDown breakdown. Nice. And you know what? We have a lot of SmackDown. SmackDown was pretty good. I would say, you know what? I would say a thumbs up, maybe two. You find out by tuning in to the SmackDown breakdown. It's now on YouTube at Wrestling POV Podcast. Check it out. And also, this week, I may, I'm going to be doing our show, Cold Street Corner. I'll give you the time, date, and the place later on this week. Check it out on our Facebook page. That'll be next week. Yes, next week. Yes, next week. I thought you said this week. Oh, I mean next week. You know what I mean, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, cool deal, cool deal. And then, of course, next Saturday, we will be doing a live show. A live show on Facebook. All right? Yes. Um, sometime during the week, I will reveal the time. Uh, we might have like just a half hour or so of just us just sitting there for a second, but <laughs> you know it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you come and yeah. join us then. Yeah, so. definitely. We're gonna have we can do some fan comments, send in your questions, oh, any yeah. comments you have, we'll answer it live on the show. Especially and because the next day it's uh, the Extreme Rules pay per view, so you can submit your questions during the show definitely. on Facebook live. And like I said, we'll give you guys a time on when we're gonna do it. That is it for the show today. I am your host, Tony Diaz, along with the Iceman Jojo. And the third wheel, Rick Serrano, Butler, and our intern. Careful. Adios.
<laughs> Love, peace, and air grease. We will see you next week live.